Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Having worked in the summer camp industry for the past two decades, I'm convinced that summer camp professionals have a unique view on kids and young adults. I am certain that the stories that they've earned by working with and alongside thousands of kids and staff members from literally all over the world can be useful to parents, teachers, coaches, and mentors back home. So each week, I spend some time around the digital campfire with the leaders and thinkers of the summer camp world. We share stories, we laugh, we learn together, which really, when you think about it, is what we've been doing around campfires for as long as campfires have been around. So I hope that you'll spend the next few minutes around this digital campfire with me to see how you can take some of the magic and fun of summer camp and apply it to your life back home. This Campfire Conversation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Scope, who send hundreds of children from financially disadvantaged families to summer camp each year. Kate and I have supported Scope since our first summer in camping 17 years ago, and I'm thrilled they're supportive of this podcast. Stick around to the end of this Campfire Conversation to learn more about Scope, or press pause and head on over to them on the web at scopeusa.org. Parents, as we get closer and closer to going to camp and physically packing the bags and heading on up the road and getting on the plane or or getting in the bus to go to camp, I wanted to talk with some experts that can help us really think through how we best prepare our kids, both with the stuff, but really more importantly, emotionally, and getting them ready to go and have this amazing experience. I hope you'll find that this conversation that I have around the campfire with Jill Tippograph and Jake Schwartzwald of EverythingSummer.com, I hope you'll find it practical and useful and very easy to put into place because the, the ideas and the advice that they provide really will help make for a much better summer experience for you as a parent and especially for your camper. So I hope you'll enjoy this campfire conversation with Jill Tippograph and Jake Schwartzwald. Jill Tippograph and Jake Schwartzwald, I'm so excited to have you guys around the campfire. How are you? We are great. We're excited to be here. Yes, thank you. (laughs) So, Jill, I'm going to start with you. We were talking before we started to hit the record button here, uh, and you were telling me a story when the idea of preparing kids for camp came up. You were telling me a story about how you kept something that your daughter made at camp that keeps you always reminded what it's important to be preparing our kids for. So what, what was that? Yes. So I've been advising families, you know, about the right summer experiences, camps, programs, you know, kids through high school into college for more than 20 years. And one of the things that keeps me going at everything summer and beyond is a plaque that my daughter made for me when she was a child at overnight camp and it's at my window and I look at it every day and she made a plaque about what it means to have a mother um, with a with a poem and it really does remind me of why parents choose to give their children the gift of camp because it really is a gift it's a lifetime gift and you you can't even enunciate all of the values and changes um, and character building that will occur by having your child go to overnight camp and hopefully repeatedly each one, the same one each year so Mm -hmm. that the benefits accumulate. So I keep that in front of me to remind us of 
why we do what we do, but also of the messages that I want to share with all of our wonderful families and parents. Yeah, that's it's such a gift. I totally agree. If it is a right fit for the child, that camp is absolutely one of the best gifts you can possibly give a kid. Yes, and right fit is really what we do here, which right. is because we're independent, you know, when we work with families holistically, we're only here to advocate for them and to find the right fit that we hope will allow them to flourish for years to come. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, I know you and Jake work hand in hand with families uh, to prepare them for camp. So I'm just going to go ahead and swing for the fences right out of the gate. What's, what's the best advice that you can give to families uh, about preparing their kids for camp? Well, when we're looking at the kids, I think one thing that's very you know, important is to recognize that it can be a scary experience, especially before a kid is gone. You know, they, they're young and they know they're going somewhere that's far and that they're not going to be with mom and dad and, and there's going to be activities and there's going to be bunk mates, but, you know, they don't really have a concrete sense of what it is and they have a lot of anxiety surrounding that and, and it's wrapped up in this sense of transitioning into, into the unknown world of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when we work with families, we very intentionally make sure to try to demystify the experience for the kids as well. So we're talking to them about, you know, what their schedule is going to look like, different activities they're going to get to do. You know, we make sure they know that they're going to have counselors taking care of them, who they can ask questions to, who they can, you know, go to if they need help in the way that they would oftentimes turn to a parent. Um, you know, that they're not going to be tasked with navigating the entire campus by themselves and knowing when to eat lunch, that everything is going to be sort of scaffolded for them mm-hmm. so that they have that comfort level. Yeah, I think that's so important that kids understand what to expect. <laughs> you know, because you, then you can draw, you know, draw that picture in your mind about, oh, okay, that's what it is? Okay, I can handle that. Um, I, yes, and I think just to build on that, Cole, is that we find that being able to have tactile things to share with the children, mm-hmm. you know, for them to touch, for them to experience, you know, we live in this world of technology and everything being virtual, but camp is real. And so being able to share with them real things, you know, what one of the beauties of camp is that it's more old school than new school. Yep. So you'll be doing a lot of things manually, you know, analog. And so to actually print out an activity sheet mm-hmm. and show them, I know that, you know, a lot of camps still do this. They have their activity sheet, their schedule that's taped up next to their bed. Yep. So even printing one out and explaining to them how it gets formed and how they might have a new one every few weeks or every week, or they may be able to choose an elective going through that experience with them just makes it more real. I think that's, that's really important and to explain the chain of command to them. Totally agree. Yeah. Making it more and more real. And I I agree the more you have things in your hands, but that idea of things being real kind of leads me from my, I got my camp director hat on here not everything goes perfectly at camp, nor really should it, because part of, of life is, is going through your fear and going through those ups and downs. How do you think parents can best prepare their children to handle those very natural and normal ups and downs? And, and secondly, how can parents prepare themselves to get those phone calls from, from camp directors saying, hey, you know, we, we got a little bit of a struggle going on here, and this is what, what we're doing about it? Well, let me start with one thing that I think that that parents need to do when you talked about um, how to best prepare for their children to leave. Mm -hmm. I think one of the hardest things for parents to do is to separate, actually compartmentalize their own anxiety. Yes. 
so often, I know the camp directors are the recipients of this, that parents project onto their kids what they're feeling. But oftentimes, young children are not capable of having those thoughts because they have long enough. They haven't right. had different experiences. They can say, oh, this is going to be like that time when. Mm-hmm. And so if parents can find an ally, a mentor, a confidant, may not be a family member that they can speak to, where they can be talking about, well, how is Johnny going to handle this situation? That's the first thing is being able to not share your anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I think your question you had was how do families deal with the unknowns, the, the hiccups that occur? Yeah. And, and I, to be honest, I'd I like to go back to the anxiety piece in a little bit. Sure. As well. Yes. Yeah. How, how do parents, in your opinion, best prepare their kids to, to handle those natural ups and downs of camp? So, you know, I, I think that parents should be comfortable talking to the children about how things may not be perfect. Mm-hmm. Nothing is perfect. Mm-hmm. And that you should be prepared that there may be some situations that you're uncomfortable with, but whenever you're uncomfortable, know who you can turn to. They shouldn't be expected to keep it bottled up, but give them examples. You know, you may not get the activity that you want. You may not become really good friends with this person you're aspiring to be friends with. Mm -hmm. You may not get the part in the play, Mm -hmm. but you may get other things that are even more wonderful if you allow yourself to be open, you know, to those. Did you want to? Yeah, I think there's a couple other important things to focus on here. One is that, you know, and and I'm sure you see this all the time. A lot of times those moments of struggle, those challenges that arise at camp, those are the growth experiences. Totally. That is where you learn how to live in a group. It's because someone sat on your bed and you did not want them to, and you have to navigate what that's (laughs) like and navigate that friendship. And so a lot of times the call that the director is giving to the parent, you know, that whatever challenge that's arising in that moment, it's something that ultimately, if the child is able to work through, they're going to be much better off for it in the long run. And I think sort of on the flip side of preparing uh, the child to deal with those situations when they arrive at camp, it's also important, important for parents to remember that they're the partners with the camp yes. when these situations arise. So you know, it can be very easy to get defensive when you get that call. And of course, he would never say anything like that. I can't believe that my child would do that. But they they likely did, you know, uh, on your end, Cole, I'm sure you're, you're finding that you're not frequently making up stories to tell parents just about it. <laughs> it's, it only so, would make my job harder. So <laughs> Exactly. And so if you can approach it, you know, just as two parents form an alliance in a household with the kid, you know, assuming that that is the, the case, you're forming an alliance with the camp director. And so you've got to be receptive to what they have to say and strategize and say, great, I know my child. Here are some tools that might work to help them resolve this rather than taking an oppositionary stance and saying, no, 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 they would never behave like this. You have to fix the situation. Yeah. And I think that that's such an important aspect of camp that parents really need to know that all the camp people really want the same thing that the parents do. 
for their children to have a safe and amazing summer. And if I think the more that people can kind of come at this, like, all right, this is a, this is a problem. Or this was a struggle. Let's work together to figure this out because you've got a lot of people, you know, the counselors, the division heads, the program heads, the program people, the, you know, the secretaries, everybody's on board with making sure little Sarah, little Johnny um, has an amazing experience. Let's, let's work together to get them there. There are two things I'd love to add to that. Please. One is, and we say this to parents a lot, and I know you'll appreciate this as a camp director, but we say, make no deals. No. <laughs> they do not set up a child to think they have an out. Because if you're laughing, but how true is this and how often has this happened? It reminds me of a, a friend uh, growing up who used to say to his children, I don't negotiate with terrorists. So, <laughs> <laughs> Very cute. But the, the truth is that the minute you you offer a child an out, they immediately decide psychologically not to engage. Totally. So they are not participating in camp. They're, they're physically there, but not mentally or emotionally. And that becomes um, divisive in terms mm -hmm. of trying to create symmetry in a community. Mm -hmm. And it also, you know, creates this, this we and them attitude like you know we're going to take care of this you know don't worry about the camp director and right. that's not the case and so i mean how many times have parents said well you know what just get through next week and at visiting day you can come home mm, right. yeah. that's the end uh so they we need to be strong and not make deals but i think the other thing is you had asked you know how do you handle the situations that arise during the course of the summer one of our hallmark services that we do here at Everything Summer is our work is not complete when a parent, you know, has chosen the camper program. We are involved in the transition. We do summer situation management. I have been on the phone with many camp directors and parents and program directors and even teens when they're in teen programs to navigate through challenges and there's always three sides to the story going back to what jake said that a parent would say oh well you know johnny would never say x y and z but they're provoked or they're in an uncomfortable situation and this is how they're coping so you know we do spend time with them so that the child can flourish the directors are thrilled because you have another advocate mm -hmm. and having been in camping and in, in summer for so long i know how many situations can go awry and that things can be turned around. So that should be the goal of parents is that they should be open-minded. They should realize that to your point, everyone wants your child to succeed and no one is against you or your child. Totally. But yet families have to kind of see that in the, the context of camp, meaning that, you know, so when we were talking earlier about um, making a deal with a child and say, well, you know, just try it for a week. And if you don't like it, you can come home. Well, if a child comes into camp thinking that, well, I'm going home because as soon as you say that, you cut the legs out from underneath the mm -hmm. child. They're, they're coming home. It's just a function of, you know, how many, how many tears are going to happen between now and then. But it actually really hurts the bunk community because when families look at it, they have to say, all right, my child is going living in a bunk with 9, 10, 12, year, you know, kids and staff members that all want to have the same time. They all want to have fun. They all want to make a friend. And if you walk in there and you're saying, you know, hey, I'm checking out of here in, in a week, you know, misery loves company. And that's just going to exacerbate it for the rest of the kids in the bunk and make it harder for them. So I think that that's an interesting piece that a lot of parents, and, and rightfully so, because they're thinking about their child um, and want their child to have a great experience. But it's in 
the tightest knit community you can possibly imagine and their child's experience, it will affect everybody else's experience too. It will and it does. And we completely agree with you. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing that, that popped up in the last couple of years. I know you work guys with families, you know, year after year after year. Um, we have seen, and a, a number of my camp director friends have, have discussed this with me, uh, the sophomore slump. You know, it happens in college sometimes where the kids go back to school and it's just not as fun or it's not as good. We see the same thing happen at camp where you have a child who's really nervous about the idea of going to camp and excited that their first year, they get off the bus, they're a little nervous as they should be, and then all of a sudden they have the best time ever and they, they leave camp crying because they don't want to leave home and they're writing all their friends and, and then they get back to camp the next summer where they just couldn't wait to get back to and all of a sudden homesickness hits them and they've never experienced it like this and it's not as good and you know that sophomore slump is, seems to be a thing for a number of kids. Have you all seen that and if so kind of how have you helped families deal with that? Sure so yeah it's, it's absolutely a thing that, that we see and I think a lot of it stems from the fact that when kids are going to camp for the first time, they know they're in for a major transition. You know, they have those nerves. They know that they're going to, you know, have to get over missing home. They know that they're going to be making new friends and, and that's going to be a new thing of, of meeting new people and that whole experience. But then coming into their second summer, the kids might not realize that some of the hard things that they anticipated about their first summer and that they sort of emotionally readied themselves to confront, they're still going to impact their second summer. They're still going to have to, you know, get over the fact that they miss home and that they have to make new friends. And, and oftentimes I think when kids have been to camp in the past and they've had an amazing time, they come to camp thinking there's nothing to worry about. And so right. when things do arise, they're not emotionally ready to confront them. And I think kids fall into the trap of trying to recreate that first perfect summer they had. I'm going to do the same activities. I'm going to hang out with the same friends. But what they don't realize is that part of what made that first summer so great was that it was all new. They were trying new activities. They were making new friends. And so ironically, by trying to do the same thing again, they end up creating a different situation that seems stale for them that'll sort of create that sophomore slump. So yeah. I think a big part of it is just educating families and, and talking to the kids and saying, you know, I know that you loved camp last year and you can't wait to go back, but if you go and things seem a little bit different and you're having a little bit of a harder time adjusting, that's okay. And you're allowed to feel that way. And it doesn't mean that camp isn't successful. Right. I think there's some other things too. Uh, I know that a lot of camps progressively add more opportunities for campers as, as they mature because it gives them something to look forward to. And I think sometimes young children uh, may be remiss to try new things. They were comfortable mm -hmm. with what they did. And so they may go back to their prior activity. But parents, to Jake's point, should really encourage as they know this, and they should say, you know, this year you get to do these three new things. Mm -hmm. You should really try at least one of them. You may be surprised and you may like them. Or if you try it and you don't like it, at least you know that you've, you've tried it and you've done something new. <clears throat> I think another challenge with the sophomore summer is especially with bunking. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that some camps keep the dynamics of the bunks together and they mature over the years together. Others directors have philosophies of mixing it up a little bit each summer because they don't want cliques to form and they want more inclusion and they want people to spread their wings. 
And I think that especially in today's society, making friends is harder for most young people because they rely on social media for false support. Right. Um, and they present different images. And so I really think that the parents should talk to children about trying to expand their friendships. And I think that they should talk to camps about, you know, if you're going to put my child in a new bunk, you know, can we talk about the personalities I can help prepare them? And I know that a lot of camps, rightfully so, do not like to share who's in the bunk because mm -hmm. we know that that creates problems up front because they try to change situations or they impose their own preconceived notions without even knowing the children or a camper remembers some small incident that occurred last summer that somehow stuck in their memory and they it kind of warps their idea of who this child might be. So I think to really work with the camp and have that conversation about being more inclusive and trying to make more friends because so many children today are having, we're seeing many, many more socialization challenges. And these are kids that don't have other challenges, but that's because there, there are fewer opportunities now to be doing things in person and communicating, yep. collaborating. And so I think this is a skill and an opportunity at the same time for camps and families and campers to work on together as comes to repetitive summers, you know, accumulating experiences at camp. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Asking your parents, you know, all right, so who am I rooming with? It, it just opens up Pandora's box. It's something that you, you don't want to, to deal with. Um, so question for you about, so we've been talking about the kids and preparing them, but camp puts a lot of pressure in a very odd way on parents. And it's not always, I mean, I've talked to some families that said that, you know, when the bus leaves, we go out for, you know, a drink and, and a really nice lunch because it's just us again. Um, and I've had other families that, you know, call me every day because they have a really hard time separating uh, from their child because, frankly, we're all so connected with our kids throughout the day. We can always check in, but at camp, you, you can't do that. How should parents prepare themselves for this experience of camp? Well, speaking as a parent, yeah. <laughs> and as one who has dealt with parents for a long time, um, I think that they need to have a structure to their summer in the same way that their campers will have a structure. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes I remember writing letters to my kids and as much as you are going to ask them or kind of, you know, insert questions, oh, I, I know that you went on that trip last week or the other day, how was it? They actually want to hear what's going on in your, in your life, not in the way of, creating a homesickness, but in a way of, oh, I'm so glad that you're doing that mom or dad. Right. So planning, <laughs> right, no, planning experiences, taking a class, starting a hobby, uh, you know, reading, you know, yoga, um, having a weekly girls' night out, going to visit your own mom or dad, visiting cousins, you know, maybe even Believe it or not, if you you know if you're working today, creating a new project at work that you never really had time to do, mm -hmm. and having that to look back on, and you know one of the things that I always charged myself with each summer was doing something in the house. So, you know, it was organizing all the pictures. You know, yeah. parents don't print things out today, and it's all <laughs> digital. But you know, creating memory books or planning for events or getting involved in school events to take planning. If you just sit around and mope, 
uh, it's really going to be one of your worst summers. And the other thing in terms of preparing yourself emotionally, I don't think parents should be sitting by a camp's website if a camp does this and waiting for the photos yes. to come online. I know you get so I am pounding the table. Yes. <laughs> there you are. And just in terms of they, it's fear of missing out and it's fear of their child missing out because they don't see them. And then they start to obsess or they look at a photo of a child and they're not looking elated. I mean, you know, when, when parents call a, us and, and share this, I said, is your child always elated every moment? <laughs> don't you have disappointments? Don't you get angry at each other? Don't you say things you don't mean? You know, they caught them in an off moment and they'll be concerned for five days. They didn't see their photo. And I, I know that camps got in the habit of doing this so that parents could feel more part of the camp process. But I think parents have to build in more restraint so that they're not as glued, you know, to the technology. You know, the, one of the best benefits of camp today is the detox. Yes. Removing yourself. The child cannot have their iPhone. They can't be on video. They can't be on Snapchat. They can't be doing all these things. Well, you have to kind of practice the same thing when it comes to being tethered to your child at camp via the technology that the camp offers. That is great advice. That is so vitally important and no one ever says, I never even thought about the idea of fear of missing out for the parents, but you're totally right. That's exactly what's going on. So, you know, I, I just think parents need to, again, take that step back and realize what an amazing gift they're giving to their children and they're giving to themselves. I mean, you know, my husband and I would proudly say to each other and say to our kids, you know, you're going off to camp is the best thing in the world for you, but you know what? It's great for us too, because we have time to decompress and re-energize and look forward to doing things with you. And they never resented that. Mm -hmm. They were happy for us. You know, they would say, oh, well, are you planning a trip or... You know, what are you doing this summer? So it was in a sense of, well, we want you to be as happy as we are. And I think parents are afraid to say that to their children because they think that the, the children are going to think they're not loved. But that's really not the case. No, but giving that gift is, is showing love. And the idea that they get to go to a place that, where they can grow um, like they can really no other spot, whether it's a great day camp, great overnight camp, the kids grow. Uh, just through those relationships and being in those, like we talked about earlier, those analog moments, those smaller moments where they're interacting with people. And you're right, parents should should definitely do the same. And they should both celebrate that fact um, to each other. You know, just um, to talk about the growth, you know, when at the end of the summer, we also continue to stay in touch with our our families and we do a debrief and we really talk about what occurred during the summer, what was different, what was the same, and of course, if there's any constructive you know, input, we always say to a family, you know, we'd love to share this with the camp or the program because we think that's a really good idea. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes they're reticent because they think that directors are going to, you know, kind of keep score of things. And I said, no, we don't present it in that light. They really need to be appreciative of it. But we love when we hear about a challenge that a you know, a student faced and it may, they may not have shared it with us in the moment, but they share it with us afterwards. And we hear about how they handled it. And we hear a parent, we see them with such pride talking about how 
they can't believe how their child was able to handle the situation. Mm -hmm. Because you know as a director, when you remove the child from the parent, all of a sudden, they rise to the occasion. I've rarely seen a young person not rise to the occasion. Totally. When they're in a situation without a parent, and the parents, are, they're like, oh, I, I, I can't believe this. And so then we try to encourage them not to regress. You know, yeah. go with the moment and, and just, you know, believe in your child. They ahead, prove Jay. they can make their bed. And yes. So like, <laughs> well, and, and actually, Jake, that's kind of a good segue because I had one more question I want to ask you guys. Well, I have two more, but we'll, we'll start with yeah. this one first. Um, so, Jake, as a, as a program director, you know, you were at camp. You had a wonderful uh, camp up in Maine every summer, Pinecliff. Um, what are some of the things that you feel like the kids really have to bring to camp? And what are some of the things that they should really leave home? Yeah. So as far as the, as far as the essential essentials go, I feel like you have, you have your essential essentials. You have like as many socks and underwear as you could possibly fit in the duffel bag. (laughs) And kiss Uh, them all goodbye. Yes, exactly. They're not coming home. Uh, You know, you have your waterproof shoes because it's going to rain up there and your extra raincoat and stick on labels. And you know, the, uh, uh, pre-addressed envelope labels that make it much easier for them to write home and make sure that the the mailman doesn't get stumped by a, a second grade s- scrawl or anything like that. Um, and then you have your sort of super fun essentials, the things that the kids find out what color war team they're on and they open up their bag and there's that red bandana or whatever yeah. it is. Those things that really create camp as, a, as its own separate world. And you know, you see it. There's kids who uh, get to camp and it's an opportunity to be silly and zany and be a kid again. So by packing the things that allow them to do that, the funny wigs, the hilarious costumes, whatever it is, I think those are a really key part of the camp experience. And then as far as the the things you should not bring, anything that you can't live without seeing again, because things go missing. Uh, you know that sentimental token that you're giving your child to remember you by, where they're over this when they're there over the summer, they're gonna be remembering you by it on their way to the waterfront, and then it's gonna slip out of their pocket, and they're not gonna know where it went. And so, okay. anything that has monetary or sentimental value or cannot get dirty, camp is not about things. So if there's a thing you are concerned about, don't bring it to camp. Here, here. It's funny. I I had um, an experience that changed my outlook on that so drastically we had um, a young lady who was the oldest girl at camp Um, this was uh, my second summer running summer camp so I really knew nothing at that point and unfortunately the bunk had lice you know the people checking that everybody's heads didn't do a very good job and we we had to flip the bunk we had to take everything and dry everything and hide and you know clean everything out And, and we were doing that my wife and I at 28 years old you know through the night well, we get back, get everything back. Everybody was happy. The girl could not find the one thing that her, her father, who unfortunately had passed away a couple of years before, had given her to keep. And she lost it. And it was gone. Um, and that was one of the worst experiences in camping that I've ever gone through because, you know, it was on our watch. And it was something that was so important to her. It was lost. And ever since then, I've said, if you have something that is just so important, you got to have, if you have a buddy you go to sleep with at night, you know, a little animal or a little blanket, Leave that at home and start training a friend that can come because you know what? You need to leave your buddy at home, guard your bed, bring the buddy up to camp. So, you know, to that, to that end, a real life story um, made me think of something. So 
one of my children, I won't say which one, so it doesn't get repeated um, or assigned to them. They were going off to camp and, you know, they, they had, to your point, they had something that they, they loved to sleep with each night. And I knew this, this was going to occur. And so we started talking about this early on in terms of, why don't we start putting that in a drawer? not having you sleep with, you know, well, aren't I bringing that to camp? And I said, I don't think it's a good idea because things will get lost. Um, you don't know how other people will, will react to, you know, this item that's so precious to you. And so why don't you start training yourself to not have it? And there was an emotional breakdown, but, you know, a day or two later, one of my children started to train themselves and so they went to camp without it and it was a great way to kind of break a habit because they were going into a new environment and they didn't necessarily want anybody to to judge them so it's a great excuse for parents who are trying to break some of these habits that their children have at night uh you know as let's train for it, like training for a marathon, let's train for it, you know, just like you would role play situations that you know they're going to have difficulty with. You know, I think the other thing that you encounter as camp directors today is more and more children having issues and challenges in today's world. And so it's really important to role play with them. You know, we work with clients and so many of our kids, you know, great great people, you know, go to therapists to help them. And we actually speak with the therapist as part of our process to understand the triggers and the environments that are good and not good and, and how, what kind of tools they have to deal with it. So to enlist those great professionals in the transition to camp and have them work through challenging situations that may occur is immensely helpful. Here, here. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's just they're a partner. They're a partner in the process. And I think yes. anybody can help. You know, I, I've done the same thing where I've spoken with um, children's therapists as well, just to get a better sense of how we can can help. That's, that's a very important piece. And uh, let me put my camp director hat on here and, and make, make one comment on what to pack and what not to pack at camp. I know every great camp puts out a packing list. Parents, go by the packing list. Just just go right down the list, pack it. If you have questions, call. But you send too much, it can be a problem. You send too little, it can be a problem. Just go down the list. It's there. there. Well, I also, to that point, at um, at my children's camp years ago, mm -hmm. um, I recall, because um, doing what I do and camp directors, you know, speak to me, I remember camp director telling me that they had to send back extra camp trunks that were sent by um, a <laughs> child or two because there was no space in the bunk and it's not allowed. And I was so proud of that moment because it goes back to what Jake said, camp is not about things. Totally. So I think parents just want their children to have everything because they think if they have everything, they're going to be prepared, but that's not the best preparation for camp. Right. No, you, you have to get to the point where you have to ask somebody to borrow something. That's actually a, a really good preparation sometimes, you know, for, for future life. I, um, I, uh, I also want to just quickly chime in on, on something you said earlier, Cole, about how you'll, you know, speak with therapists as the lead up to camp to, to learn about sort of the tools in the kid's toolbox. You know, one thing that's really important for parents who are preparing their kids to send them to camp is to prepare the camps 
for the child. Yes. And, you know, any sort of, you have to be totally transparent. You know, camps will have a camper profile form for parents to fill out. It's hugely important for the camps to know, you know, what sorts of things will trigger the child or, or what some of their challenges are and anything that they can plan for in advance. You know, they're, again, all, all a camp director wants is for the kid to be successful. And so they're going to come up with that plan to help scaffold the kid. But anything that's coming up as a surprise, it's harder to deal with and it's harder to navigate. And I think some parents can think they're doing their child a disservice by, you know, telling the camp director in advance this thing and not letting the child have an opportunity to sort of prove them wrong. But nine times out of 10, habits are habits. And it's so much better for the camps to be prepared for what's to come rather than to have to adjust on the fly. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and, and the last question I'll have about preparation, and, and I did not prepare you all for this, um, but could you suggest any books or blogs or newsletters or anything else, you know, really, Jill, including your own, that could help families learn more about this topic and, and prepare themselves to help prepare their children for this? Uh, there, there is a book. Um, yeah. So Homesick and Happy by Michael S. Thompson. Thompson, Dr. Thompson. That's a great yeah. book. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've read it. I've sent it to, to clients. Um, I've actually spoken with Dr. Thompson, too. Um, you know, I, I think he has so much insight there. I really, I really do. Uh, I don't think there have been some new books. I think the older books are really, really good. We do, if, if parents want to subscribe to our well, our blog is really our articles. It's everythingsummer.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we write very insightful articles, and also we put them in our newsletter each month, so you know parents can can see them. Uh, anything else? I'm trying to think what what else. You know, I hate to I hate to pat us on the back, but I do think we we produce some some really insightful articles in terms of especially this these topics of how to you know work to create a experience that is, you know, more likely than not to be successful and all the different steps you can take, you know, from the very beginning of your search process through when your child is a camper to continually set them up to grow and develop. Totally. Absolutely. And I will make one more suggestion. I don't know if y'all have read before, but the summer camp handbook that's written by Dr. Chris Thurber. Uh, yes, it's really, really good. Um, Dr. Thurber really knows what he's talking about, and is as a longtime camp guy as well. So, no, I, I totally, I totally agree. I think these are great books. They've been around for you know a while, and they're still true. You yep. know, I mean, they're they're really still true to this day. Fantastic. Well, Jill and Jake, if if people want to learn a little bit more about what you guys do there at Everything Summer, what's what's the best way to to get in touch? The best thing is to go to our website, www.everythingsummer.com, uh, and they can learn a lot about our philosophy, how we work holistically and independently with families. You know, we just don't work with camps. We also do a lot of work with those who are graduating camp in terms of the pre-college years. We also do gap work for those before they're going to college or taking some time off from college. So we really do cover a very wide age range. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know that, you know, we're advocates for our clients uh, and that parents engage our services like they would because I, you know, we are an educational consultant. So you just focus on summer. So we really are their advocates and have only an agenda to help their child flourish and grow. 
That's awesome. Well, and speaking of, of advocating for people, you know, Jill, I know that you're actually on the board of Scope, uh, which is a sponsor of this this podcast uh, and a group that I've worked with quite a bit. Um, what are you doing there with Scope? Well, you know, I've been a longtime board member, and it is probably one of the most rewarding things that I do. And I try as much as I can each summer to go and visit the children. Um, we have something on our website about that. Um, but what I, you know, would like to do is for any parents who do listen to this podcast about preparing for camp and they decide to engage everything summer, that we will make a donation to Scope um, in their honor for oh, working great. with us and for listening to your podcast today oh, awesome. on uh, preparing for camp. Well, thank you. That is, that's really fantastic. We'll, we'll put a link up on the website and, um, they'll can reach out to you and just tell you that they heard about you through the campfire conversation podcast. And we'll go from there. That, that, that helps a lot of people helps themselves to find the right camp or right gap experience. And certainly will help scope as well, which is fantastic. Yes. And and just to explain to parents about the value of scope, it's really, they're paying it forward. Mm. These are um, children who are underprivileged and are in situations that they need to get away for even a week or two at a time and to get them on a path that's going to allow them to stay on an educational track because now we track them in terms of, you know, allowing them to come back each summer based on their success at school and then eventually going off to college. So, you know, I think that it's about $650 a week that sends one child to camp, so $1,300 for two weeks. And it's the best money that any parents could ever spend in terms of seeing other children benefit from what is a gift to their own children. Here, here. No, without a doubt. Well, excellent. Well, y'all, thank you so much for, for talking with, with me about this subject. I think it's so important that we prepare our, our families to prepare their children to have an amazing experience. And the, the better we do that, the better off everybody will have. But I appreciate y'all spending some time around the campfire with me. Well, Absolutely. and we, we are very fortunate that our passion is our vocation. So thank you, Cole. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Well, y'all have a wonderful summer um, and we'll see you around the campfire again. You thank will. You. Bye, yeah. Cole. All right. Bye, guys. Parents, I hope you'll take all of what was just said to heart because Jill and Jake and and frankly, myself as well, we all just want your kids to have an amazing summer experience and to work well and closely and openly and honestly with the camp that's going to help provide that experience. The partnership that they spoke about is so vitally important. And speaking as a camp director, I can tell you, it's much easier to work with families that see us as a partner rather than as just simply providing a service. Because what camps do is certainly a lot more than just providing a service. It's providing a community that helps our kids grow and learn and build friendships and relationships and so much more. So please, if nothing else, look to your camp as a partner in raising your child into the human you want them to become, and it will start off uh, really, really well. And please make sure to prepare yourselves emotionally for this experience coming up, as well as your campers, and a lot of the information that was just provided, I know, will be a huge help. And if nothing else, I do hope that you'll feel comfortable in calling your summer camp to help provide more information or to ask questions or whatever it may be that will help you and your child have an amazing summer experience. Well, that's it for this week. If you've enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and give us a rating on either iTunes or whichever podcast platform you're enjoying. And please tell your friends. We have a huge campfire circle here and it's open for everybody. 
until we speak again, I hope you have a grateful week. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support scope.